Welcome to the Moon in Carolina podcast, where we candidly talk business and personal growth through the lens of spirituality, astrology, practicality, and consciousness. I'm your host, Shelby Bundy, and I look forward to diving into the everyday magic of creating the life and business that you were born to lead. Hello and welcome to the Moon in Carolina podcast. It's the first week of December already, and I don't know about you, but I am pretty excited about the opportunity to slow down a bit and lean into the hermit energy for a season. Today, I have with me my good friend and collaborator at Tamed Wild, Riz Cottrell. Riz and I have worked together since 2018, I believe it was. Um, If you follow Tame Wild at all, then you'd recognize her immediately as she's been sharing her astrological wisdom with us in reels, captions, articles, and booklets regularly since then. Riz and I completed the same Jungian life coaching training with Creative Mind, um, which I'll link in the show notes. And we're coming together today to share a few of our personal fears and discuss the way fears can hold us back from living in harmony with our purpose. Riz, welcome to the pod, and I am so glad you're here. Hey, Shelby. I'm so excited to be here with you and talk about this juicy subject today. I know there's so much to say. Yes, (laughs) indeed. (laughs) So before we get started, um, can you tell our listeners a bit about yourself, your background, what you do? Yeah. So a bit about my background. Um, So I am now a Jungian life coach, um, specializing in shadow work. And I also do astrology readings. Um, and I run a, an online coven, but it definitely was, I was living in a very different reality, um, uh, about 10 years ago, actually. I can't believe it's been this long that I've been like working towards, um, going full time with what I do now. But, um, Mm -hmm. I used to be uh, a scientist before this, a biomedical engineer. And, um, I really kind of went through a a big experience that shifted my life. Um, it was like a life changing experience that sent me on this like spiritual path and, um, really kind of threw me into shadow work and, um, since then, I've kind of been reclaiming my authentic self in so many ways, pulling my authentic self out of the shadow. Um, and which is, you'll hear a lot about, you know, the fears that I've had to sort of come up against mm-hmm. to do that. Uh, cause I still battle them today. Um, so I'll talk yeah. a little bit about that later, but, um, yeah, definitely. I've uh, been stepping into that more and more and more and I've been helping other people to do the same through coaching and astrology as well. And so it's been it's been kind of a crazy ride, but I'm so grateful for my journey and I feel blessed that I can do this full time. Yeah, I love your story. Your scientist to mystic path. <laughs> so <Thank> unique. You. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's it's definitely, definitely like a um uh, shadow work, shadow, mm-hmm. definitely a shadow journey for sure. So <laughs> yeah, 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 I love it. So I'm really excited about this topic. Um, also, because I feel like I have also become more aware of how my personal fears are hindering me in the past couple of years. The more that I studied um, young and shadow work, the more I began to see my reflection as it truly is. And I just kind of started to be honest with myself about the things that I was allowing or perpetrating in my life out of fear. And it's a weird place to arrive at, you know, when you see yourself so clearly and you're like, oh, wait a second, you know, this is, I mean, it's, 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 it's like removing the veil, you know, Mm -hmm. and meeting yourself for the first time. Um, So we each came prepared with three fears. (laughs) Can can my first fear be a fear of sharing my fears? Absolutely. I feel, like, I feel like that'd be number one. No, I'm feel like that one too. Before this podcast, I was like, uh, oh man, okay, let's do this. Yeah, we're doing it. Yeah. Okay. So do you want to go first though? In sure. All yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the plunge. Yeah. Okay. 
So, um, yeah, so we each have uh, three fears here. Um, so my first fear is, and I, I actually wonder if you, if you resonate with this and if you agree with this too. Um, and the reason is because, um, the fear is basically, um, owning my style, like, uh, mm-hmm. fear of people rejecting my certain style of writing. And I've noticed with your mm-hmm. astrology posts, like they're, um, all about like storytelling and they're, I, I don't see anybody else doing that. And I think that that's, yeah. I love that. Like I, oh, I thank you. Yes. I love <laughs> that so much. And I kind of went through this, like this, this thing when I was starting to really, own my style, um, it felt very vulnerable because Mm -hmm. your particular style is like how you view the world and it's vulnerable Mm -hmm. to like show to everybody, like, this is what I care about. Like my posts get very deep and raw. And, um, you know, I've heard people say that they can trigger people sometimes as well, like in, in a good way where they're like, Oh, like I really got to look at that, you know? Yeah. But sometimes it's, it's kind of scary for me to own that. Um, because it's scary to put myself out there and be like, yeah, this is what's important to me. This is how I see Mm -hmm. the world. Like that's scary to me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when you, when you're honest with the world about that, like you're opening yourself up to criticism or you're opening yourself up to people's opinions, you know, and, and for them to really see you that way. Like you said, I love your writing style. I think it's very informative. And the fact that it is a little bit triggering, I think that's kind of the point. Yeah. You know, because that's, that's how we dig into our shadow is to be triggered and to reflect on why we're being triggered. And so I, I definitely resonate with that though. Um, the episode prior to this was with Kate and we talked about imposter syndrome a little bit. And I was like, oh, there's going to be such an overlap when you and I talk because it's very similar, you know, but with the, the way that I have been writing and putting out my interpretation of the world, I'm, I, there is that same fear that someone's going to be like, that's not right. Or right. that's not what, you know, that's not what Capricorn's house looks like, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's so vulnerable. It's like kind of detaching from, um, the boxed version of what you think astrology is mm-hmm. and having the bravery to say, this is how I dance with astrology. This is mm-hmm. how, this is my personal relationship to it. And yeah, it's vulnerable because it's vulnerable to be authentic. Like I said yeah. earlier, it's vulnerable to kind of be, it's being seen, you know, for right. your raw relationship with the world, you know? Right, right. Well, and also um, when we're doing this as a business also, you know, it's, I think it's extra scary because you're, it's affecting your livelihood. You know, what you're putting out there is it's your raw self and it's your authenticity, but it's also what you're selling in terms of your coaching approach and the way that you guide people through shadow work. And so there's an extra layer of fear there of, am I not going to be able to, if I do this wrong, I'm, it's going to affect my, my monetization or I'm going to, you know, am I going to be able to pay my rent if I get this wrong or if this, if I write this wrong or if I articulate this wrong. And really there's no wrong when it's coming from your authentic self, but that's it. There, there is that fear. I think when we're entrepreneurs also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just like so much at stake. Um, and then also, you know, if it somehow does go wrong, which it never really does, you know, like right. I do it over and over again, and it always seems to work out great. But, you know, there is kind of also, like, if it does go wrong, and there is more at stake, it's almost like you take it even more personally, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like, wow, like, it's not what I was putting out there didn't work. It's like, I didn't work like as a right. human, you know what I mean? And it's easy to kind of like take that really personally, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So let's, let's look at that and the shadow work approach. Like what is the worst thing that could happen that, you know, if, if what you put out there didn't resonate or it wasn't accepted the way that you thought, or, you know, what's the worst, what's the worst thing? Um, I think the worst thing from like a shadow work perspective, I feel like it always comes down to like the emotion you don't want to feel, you know, Mm -hmm. and the reality or the story you've been telling yourself. Um, and for me, I think it's like, for me, what it always seems to come back to, and I think that this is such an Aquarian thing, Mm. (laughs) but for me, what it always kind of comes back to is being an outcast. 
Like I've got right. like a big outcast wound that I've like worked with a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of <clears throat> being accepted for my authentic self because when I was a kid, I did not fit into the system at all. Like I was like not made for the system. And yeah. so it definitely rubs up against that. But, um, yeah, I think what I've kind of done to sort of help this is to just kind of like be as present as I can when I'm mm-hmm. typing up my posts and, kind of like allowing myself to accept myself, you know, Mm -hmm. and despite what other people say, like just kind of sit in that, but it's hard sometimes. Yeah, it is hard, especially in that platform of social media where we are getting validation based on, you know, the amount of likes and the amount of comments. And Kate and I talked about this in the last episode, because there, that the content quality is determined by the amount of interaction, yet these social media algorithms are affecting the interaction. And so it's really not a great gauge whatsoever, you know? And so there's so such really great content or things that are being put out or people's truths that are being expressed and we don't even see them, you know, and we're not even being exposed to them, which is, you know, it's, it's kind of just akin to life, I guess. Like there's an amazing person living down the street, I'm sure, but I'm never going to meet them, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's just kind of like, like being in this place though, where outside validation mm-hmm. is, or, or outside validation is what is we're using to determine if something was worthy, you know? Yeah. It's so interesting that you said that too, because I posted to my story last weekend. I was like, it was the, like a, a, a comment, like a joking comment that I made. And it was like, I, I love when I pour my soul into a post and then Instagram totally I sinks saw that. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's like, we do go through that, you know, when mm-hmm. you like pour your heart into something and then, you know, Instagram kind of does have these kind of superficial algorithms and ways of picking out people and things like yeah. that. And so, yeah, I mean, going, rubbing up against that can be hard. Yeah. Yeah. And having that fear and then also having to have the strength to recognize that that's not, that's not the validation, you know, mm-hmm. that, that that doesn't really determine if it is liked or if it's something that was valuable to people. Exactly. You know, are, it's like being afraid and strong at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And it's almost like using Instagram as a tool for your shadow work, yeah, which is it amazing. Totally is. <laughs> This actually, okay, so I'm going to go with my first one now because this like kind of rolls right into it. Um, I have two that are linked, but I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go with my, the third one I wrote on the list, which is I have a fear of not articulating myself correctly or not sounding intelligent, like sounding unintelligent, you know, and I've had so many things in life where people have told me like, I'm the, I'm a fast talker. I know I'm a fast talker. Even on this podcast, people have sent me emails and been like, Shelby, could you just slow down a little bit? I've always been this way. Um, my mom had a nickname for me when I was a kid. She used to call me Leo because there was, uh, Danny DeVito was an actor in this. I can't even think of what show it was, a movie, but he just sat in the back seat and like talked nonstop. And my mom's like, that's what you were like as a kid. Um, and so I, I have like, I just, I like say things without thinking them through all the, all the way sometimes. Um, it, like I was just saying before we started recording, you know, I have Mars and Mercury like conjunct hanging, holding hands, you know, so it makes sense. But because of that, and because I've been told that throughout my life, like, I just have this fear that like, I sound like an idiot, you know, or I'm not, I'm not saying things the way that I want to say them or that I sound unintelligent, you know? Yeah, that's a, I think that's a big one too. I've, I've also struggled with that as well, where, you know, you look like you're not, you know, super knowledgeable about the topic or. Yeah, yeah, totally. And nobody's told me that other than my mom that I, she never said I didn't sound intelligent. She just said I talked too fast. But um, I nobody's ever like, you know, maybe validated that. It's just like this, this fear. And so like sometimes when I'm getting ready to like write something or post something or share something, I'm like reading it 10 times and I'm like self-critiquing because it's kind of like, like if I say it first or if I think it first, then it won't hurt me when somebody else says it to me. If someone goes well, Shelby, that didn't sound very intelligent. I'd be like, I know, I know. You know? Like, I, <laughs> I already read that. I know. I just <laughs> And also like, like, who would say that to you? Nobody, like, doesn't sound... nobody that I yeah. would ever speak to again in my life, at least. <laughs> and I guess from a shadow work perspective, what would be the worst thing about that? 
What would be bad about that? (laughs) God, I don't know. Like, really nothing. Because I swear I would just be like, oh, I know. Because... (laughs) Cause that's how I am. I don't know why I'm like that, but I, um, that'll lead into my third fear actually, but yeah, nothing like, and nobody's going to say that. Like nobody's going to come to me and be like, you sound like an, they might say it to their friends or to somebody else, <laughs> uh, but, and also I know better. I know that I, you know, I know that I am not an intelligent and I know that I've, I've spent time learning the things that I know and, you know, but, and being able to say them the way that I want to say them, it's, it would take, I need to slow down. And I know that I guess is what I'm, I'm trying to say. See, I I can't even articulate my fear of articulation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For our first demonstration, (laughs) exactly what she means. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, I, I think that I think that's a, a common fear as well as like kind of not looking like you're um, adequate at your craft or whatever. And it's it's really, really hard to I want to like comment on like the courage that it takes to actually like put yourself out there and to actually like risk someone looking at you that way, you know, yeah. and it, yeah. it is. I mean, I feel like that's how you overcome it. But like. Um, it's also really hard too, cause someone could like, if you have that story going on, like someone could like, you know, comment something completely unrelated or completely doesn't even sound like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and your mind wants, your ego wants to be like, oh my God, they think I'm unintelligent, you know? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> totally. And yeah. it's like, there's a danger in also in, I think we talked about this at the retreat too. Like there's a danger in telling yourself these things that nobody else is telling you because there is like a self-fulfilled prophecy element to it or a, you know, harming yourself and you're and hindering yourself. Like being in this place where it's like, I'm afraid to do this because I think other people are going to say that I sounded intelligent. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to write that, or I'm not going to say that, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like putting on a dress and walking out in front of your group of friends. I mean, like, I know this dress doesn't look great, but it's the only one I have. And so it's like, if you do it first, it won't hurt as bad if other people are thinking it, you know? And so it's like, I find myself doing that with certain topics. Mm-hmm. And then it's, and then I think, why am I being so mean to myself? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's why this is also like just such a great podcast episode to do because I think it's easy for people <clears throat> to look at people who are putting themselves out there and to assume like, oh, it must be so easy for them or like, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, um, they seem to have it all figured out. I know I've received that projection from other people too. And I'm like, oh no, I'm like daily moving through my stuff, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. So I think this is good, you know, because it's not about not having these problems. It's about working through them and having the bravery to do that. And I think that's also characteristic of Mars, which is like mm-hmm. the warrior and the the warrior archetype and being able to embody that courage. And it does take that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> and also like, I hope these little chats let other people who are feeling that way know like, okay, God, I'm not the only one, you know? Cause I think this is so common, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially amongst women and amongst women who are putting themselves out there on social media, like what a terrifying friggin' place to be living in, you know, out in the, out in the world like that, where everybody can say things to you. And it's just, so yeah, kudos to everybody who's trying to make that work. Yeah, absolutely. That's even like a whole other topic is like what femininity has become on social media. And like, there's so many things that we have to really push up against like not even just our own personal shadows but like societal shadow as well which is like so much bigger than us you know yeah yeah so what's your number two Okay. So. <laughs> now, spotlight on Russ. <laughs> I feel like I'm in like an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode? <laughs> right? But like yeah. internal. <laughs> oh, it kind of feels more like a Saw episode. Where, Jason. Are we going to get out alive? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've only got five minutes to get out. Are we going to make it? <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, my second one. My second one is... Um, so I've noticed this is just in my my coaching. Um, I've noticed that 
this is something that I'm working on, but I've attached to my clients' results. And Mm -hmm. I think it's because if they don't get the results that they want, somehow that means something about me. Like I'm Mm -hmm. not enough. I'm a failure, kind of like all Mm -hmm. of those pieces. And so, um, my clients like always like get these amazing results and their journeys are, are, unique to them. And I've had so many clients who I've been working with for a long time and who just keep coming back for rounds of shadow work, but, and astrology. But, Mm -hmm. um, but I think that I do kind of get into this place where I take their results personally Mm -hmm. and it prevents me from being present with them and being able to actually allow their journey to unfold the way that it needs to without it needing to look a certain way. And so that's something that I really struggled with. And it was actually manifesting in my body as burnout for a while because Mm -hmm. I would just kind of like get really tense before calls and things like that. And Um, I started to do this meditation before each call where I just totally let go of any kind of result and I just be like very present with myself and I almost surround myself with this bubble of just compassion and imagine like pulling my client in there with me and that's literally all that matters, you know, and I coach from that place and it has just completely shifted the way that I approach coaching but attaching to somebody's results. And I think anybody who's listening to this can relate in the sense of like attaching. um, It's the same. It might be a similar pattern to attaching to your uh, performance. You know, maybe it's Mm -hmm. at work um, or maybe the way your boss perceives, you know, your work or, you know, whatever it is Um, not being able to take that, like being able to not take that personally um, Mm -hmm. and to be able to separate yourself from that, I think is like a very, important lesson. Yeah. Well, and that's also just kind of in the nature of coaching is that it's their journey and we're supposed to just hold space Mm -hmm. and work as a a guide, as posing questions and letting them unfold it in their own time. But I a hundred percent relate to that feeling of being attached to the results. Cause even in the business coaching that I do, and I, I say business coaching slash consultant because I do guide a little more with um, knowledge versus just letting them or inviting them to find the answer themselves. But I I get frustrated sometimes because I'm like, do the thing, you know, (laughs) (laughs) this is the thing I want you to do. And I I promise you it'll help, you know, but it's not in their path or it's not the thing they want to do or it's not something they're ready to do. And so but it's like coming from a place of where you maybe you're farther along or you've you've experienced similar, you know, um, situations. You just want to be like, I know this works or I know this would help you because I've experienced it or other clients have experienced it. And so, yeah, that's a, it's a it's a hard thing. I actually got told a lot in my um by coach training because I did the one with creative mind, the yin yang coaching. And then I also did um, the holistic uh, life coaching program and consistently through the two, I was told like, that's consulting Shelby. That's not coaching. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I just want to boss people around apparently, (laughs) but, but it is that, but it's because you're attached to the results. It's because you want genuinely want to help them and hold the space for them and guide them and into something that you know is better. Um, it's like a mothering quality, you know? It is. It a thousand percent is. And I remember even in Creative Mind, um, that coach training, they talked about how um, people who become coaches and like they they typically have like a strong mother archetype. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a cancer moon, you have a cancer sun, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and it is interesting because like it, it, and I was explaining this to my client the other day, actually, it is kind of like a, like, you kind of have to just let them do their thing, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's like you lead them to their own answers and then they have to have their own journey and you have to be there with them and detach Mm -hmm. from what that looks like and offer a safe container for them to grow in despite what's going on, whether they're completely ignoring their homework or ignoring, you know, whatever came up on the call. Like it's, it's almost like Mm -hmm. you just have to like really kind of hold that, that space for them. Um, and so, yeah, it's challenging. And, and, and I think that's the thing too, is like, as a coach, it's imperative that you're doing your own work 
when you're mm-hmm. also coaching clients because otherwise you are going to enmesh with their process and you're going to not only hinder your own growth, but you're going to hinder their growth too. Right. And right. so it's so important to like be on top of what's coming up for you and your own triggers and your own kind of projections and stories and all of that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, and it, it is hard to not internalize somebody else's a lack of progress for, and not that, you know, that might not be the right way to say that. So air quotes, lack of progress or lack of moving the direction we think they should move as your failure, because it has nothing to do with you at the end of the day, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You can't like, sometimes I'll get the odd client that, you know, has trouble actually doing their homework or like, you know, can't commit to it or just is really struggling in that way. And all you can really do as a coach is like show up a hundred percent for them, be Mm -hmm. there a hundred percent for them, but they have to kind of like go through their own messiness. Yeah. 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 And it's almost like an energetic cleansing at the end of it to be like, okay, this, I did my job and it, they're, they're not tied to the results, whatever they've taken from this, you know, and that goes to also with being really clear on expectations, which I know you are because that's just part of it. But, um, I think in any type of offering in general, like with you're clear with yourself on expectations also, you know, and with the client or with whatever you're doing, like you said, your performance at work and to not feel like you didn't do enough or it wasn't, um, as meaningful, you know, just being very clear with yourself with, okay, what am I expecting to get out of this? What's a realistic expectation? And at the end of it, reevaluating, just like we do at the end of the call where we're like, do you feel like you got what you needed today? Do you feel like mm-hmm. you, you know, almost hanging up and being, looking at yourself in the mirror and being like, well, hello, Shelby. Do you feel like you got what you needed today? <laughs> do you feel like you did what you thought you were going to do? You know, just kind of having like a little debrief. <laughs> and how do you feel about that, Shelby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, totally. All of a sudden you're talking to yourself for an entire session yeah you're like coaching yourself in the mirror (laughs) what's the what's the worst thing about that what is what's so bad about that (laughs) Riss? I actually do that with myself I I do that with myself all the time (laughs) I do too I do too because that one powerful question I can't even remember what conversation I was having the other day I I almost want to say it was with Kate again but somebody said that to me and I was just like oh um Nothing actually, like there's nothing really terrible, but I, I pay attention to that more because there is all these fears of just like the unknown, you know, and like, what if it's like, really, what are we actually afraid of here? Like, what is the thing, you know, mm-hmm. and really posing back to you, what is the worst case if the client didn't get, you know, or the, it did, that client would choose not to work with you anymore? Which is not ideal if they felt like they didn't get what they needed, which is probably the root of you feeling like you're not providing it, you know, is worst case, they part ways and they say, this isn't the right coach for me. Not ideal in a business situation, but not the end of the world either. Like I've gone through three different therapists. Whose fault is that? You know? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think almost like, you know, if that does happen for whatever reason, it's, it's always a blessing. Like whenever there's sort of um, any kind of difficult dynamic, which doesn't happen often at at all for me. But if it does, like, it's always an opportunity to be like, okay, like what's going on with me? What's going on with, with risk? Like what's Mm -hmm. being triggered right now, you know? And, and sometimes when I dive into it, I'm like, oh my God, like that's material from like 10 years ago. (laughs) That's like, that has nothing to do. That has nothing to do with them. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. What's your second are we on second so, or third? We're on second. So my second one, actually, um, I'll, it's not, I feel like we talked about it a little bit in the, my fear of articulating. Um, and also I feel like I've said this before, but I'll just say it again, but it's, it's really, there is a deep seated fear in me that I don't know enough, you know, and I am like a lifelong learner. I love learning. I am constantly reading. Like I have, I'm in a college program right now, which I've talked about before. I took two coaching programs at the same time while still being enrolled in the astrology program that I've been in with the astrology university for a few years. I, also took classes with Rebecca Gordon on horoscope writing. I'm constantly like enrolling in things and just learning. I just love learning. And then, and then on the flip side, I have this like weird fear that I don't know enough. And it's not, the learning isn't driven by the fear that I don't know enough. It's almost like in a weird way. I don't, I don't know how to articulate this. 
like see what's happening right now. <laughs> I, you, but you know what I mean? It's not because I am, I don't, I, I'm not learning because I'm afraid I don't know things. I'm learning out of a love for learning. But for some reason within that, I just have this weird fear that like, I, I don't know things mm-hmm. <laughs> that I don't know what, I don't know enough about what the things that I'm interested in, you know, and that honestly probably feeds into my articulation issue that, you know, like if you feeling like I don't know, it means makes it where I don't, I can't confidently, or I feel like I'm, you know, even if I'm confidently saying it, I feel like somebody's going to call me out and be like, that's not that Shelby. You don't know that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a similar, the similar pattern to someone being like, Shelby's unintelligent, which would never happen. <laughs> I know a few people who might say that to me, but <laughs> well, we're not going to talk about them. Yeah, we're not going to talk about them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think that that's that's a very common one too. Um, yeah, just like fear of of not knowing enough, or fear of not kind of having a certain level of mastery of your craft. And mm-hmm. and it's so interesting too because I noticed that. Um, like so many of these fears are so deeply rooted in, um, in relationship. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it all comes down to relationship. Like it comes down to like how I'm going to be perceived. How is this person going to receive me like safety to be received? And it's just, it's so vulnerable. It comes, we're so wired for tribe and so wired for Mm -hmm. connection. Um, yeah, yeah, that it's just so vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's hindering, you know, because and and that's really the point is like, how are these fears holding us back? You know, like, what would it mean if we just shared our knowledge and our perspectives freely without those fears? Like, what would shift? What would change? Like, what would be the the great revelation? You know, if we were just like, fuck it, I'm just this, this is what I'm doing. And I don't really care what anybody thinks about that, you know, Mm -hmm. and I don't think the perceiving audience knows half the time that we have these fears because it's not showing up in my writing or my posts or the way that I, I mean, in this podcast, yes, because I'm constantly talking about it, but (laughs) you know, it's not like, I don't think anybody reading my post would be like, oh man, she was really afraid when she wrote that one. (laughs) No, not at all. And if anything, you look like very knowledgeable about your craft. So you, you definitely, yeah, you definitely look like the opposite, but yeah. So they're not real fears, you know? I mean, they're real because they're in us, but they're not validated by anything. And that's another thing. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but how can we look for positive validation to say nice things about ourselves, but we don't acknowledge that there's really no negative validation, but that's real too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if we don't get the positive validation, we're like validation is necessary in order for me to feel good. Well, why don't we apply that same rule to the negative feedback? Yeah. I haven't gotten any negative feedback. So why am I... Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's hard because I think that as humans, we're almost fighting our biology in the sense that like we're, our, our brains will go to the negative, negative bias. Like they're negatively mm-hmm. biased, you know, and mm-hmm. we're wired to find the negative thing first to keep us safe yeah. and to kind of like hmm. scan our surroundings for any potential threats, you know, like that's like the very animalistic instinctual side of us. And so it's person, that's why this work I feel like is even harder and it requires so much. It does require courage because you almost have to sort of like, like really be able to transcend, not transcend, maybe that's the wrong word, but be able to, um, it's all, it reminds me of the Sagittarius, the Sagittarius, uh, symbol. So it's like mm-hmm. half man, half animal. And mm-hmm. it's almost like you have to use like the higher intellect and the higher consciousness of the human to be able to perceive your animalistic instinctual qualities that are wanting to kind of go a certain mm-hmm. way. And it's yeah. kind of like you got this duality that you're sort of working with, you know? Yeah. That example, um, kind of reminds me of the strength card in tarot also, you know, where you have this woman who's taming a lion, um, you know, just with, without chains and ropes, just gently, just by mm-hmm. her innate power, you know, she's able to tame the beast. And I love that visual of both of those. And also that's a really interesting perspective on, you know, the, the seeking the negative first in order to stay safe. I love that. I've never actually heard that before. And that just like, 
mind blown. Like that just like clicks, you know, yeah. that's what we do. It's a hundred percent what we do. It's like scanning the terrain, like you said, and going, what's my threat? Where's my threat? And let me deal with that first before I see who's here to help or who's here to support. Yeah. And I think, and I think it's really hard too, because like, we're so wired to do that. And, but at the same time, we'll beat ourselves up for it. And it's mm-hmm. like, but this is what our biology is telling us to do. And yeah. I feel like that's almost like our gift and our curse as human beings is like, we have this higher mind, but also, well, I don't know about higher. I don't like higher and lower those words, yeah. but like, you know what <laughs> I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Like the human sort of like consciousness, but then we also have that more like animalistic consciousness as well. Yeah. That we're kind of working with. It's really odd. Why are we yeah. like this? <laughs> Why are we like, oh man, how much time do we have? I know. Seriously. Talk about Sagittarian uh, philosophical big questions. <laughs> right. I really, um, I love that. I love that concept. And so Let's think about this for a second. Like, how could we apply that positively? You know, like knowing that's in our nature, knowing that we're going to hop online, do a post, scan it for, you know, or, or before we post it or whatever. And we're, we're just relating back to social media because that's an easy example. But this applies to so many different things in life, of course. But how could we harness that if we know that that's what we're doing? And we know that that's what we're wired to do. And it biologically makes sense for us to eliminate the threat first the changes in how that threat makes us feel, you know, mm-hmm. I guess that's where the shift has to happen, right? Like knowing that's a threat and acknowledge it's, it's meeting your shadow. It's meeting it and going, okay, that's a, that's there, but it's not a real thing or it's not something that I should let operate or, you know, help operate me or. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Know. Yeah, definitely. Working with the emotion is always like such an amazing way to do shadow work for sure. I'm kind of thinking about too, um, like last night, what was it? Oh, I I was like really leaning into a really difficult emotion I was having. And it Mm. was almost like, um, I allowed, and I had noticed that for a while I had been resisting it. I'd been pushing Mm. it away and I kind of played with it last night. And I was like, what if I merge with it? Like, what if I just let it what if I just become one with it? Almost like that Pisces kind of archetype. And that's like mm-hmm. the archetype of unconditional love is like completely merging with something. And I was yeah. like, what if I just do that? You know? And so I allowed myself to kind of like merge with it. And it was, it was interesting because when I did that, I allowed to, I, I had this like newfound compassion for it because I could see what it was trying to protect me from. I could see the good in it, like what it was trying to do. It was trying to keep me safe. It was trying to, um, you know, uh, protect me. Like there Mm -hmm. was, there's so much good intention in our, um, in our fear, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that really helped too. Like being able to just be like, okay, this is where I am. Like, let me sit with it. Let me be with it. Like, I'm not afraid of you. Like, come into me. Like, that was hard. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. No, it is. It's terrifying. And that actually, that analogy reminds me of like Saturn energy too. And so funny because I was literally just talking to Kristen about this today because I did the post on Kronos. And um, and we were talking about how he's Saturn is as an archetype is just so like restricting and structuring and just kind of like, I always say he's like the fun buster dad. who's like, you can't wear that dress. You're not going to that party and you need to be home by 10. And you know, those are like, as a malefic, we could see how that's like, uh, it's frustrating. But then when you see the intent behind it, why is that father figure doing that? Because you really don't need to be dressed like that at that party at 16, because you're going to be unsafe, you know? And why can't you be out late at night? Because there's drunks on the road and I don't want you driving with them. And you know, the same thing my mom used to tell me. So it's like, when you look at the intent of the air quote negative emotion, it's fueled by love, you know, mm-hmm. it's always fueled by some type of love or safety measure or a way to keep us growing you know and Mm -hmm. it reminds me a lot of like that the saturn energy there when you said that and that yeah it makes sense i loved that post by the way i read through that post and i thought that was so good i was like oh i love this like storytelling (laughs) blending with astrology i've never seen it before and i'm like oh "Oh, i love this so much i'm having so much fun with it but really like even just talking about this fear i like wrote the one today and then i was like 
oh, I'm going to make Capricorns mad. <laughs> all, the, all the Capricorns are going to be like, that's not what my house looks like. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel better, I have five planets in Capricorn and Saturn conjunct my rising. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I love this pose. Like, this is oh, great. Okay. But yeah, I think I think that's great is like, yeah, being able to even thank your patterns for showing up because they do have good intention underneath. It's just like, mm-hmm even though it's like self-destructive, it's like there is good in it. And mm-hmm. having compassion for that, I think is a good frequency shift, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, agreed. Whose turn is it? Is it yours? I think it's my turn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Okay. Actually, my last fear is uh, kind of piggybacks off of what you, what you talked about. It's similar mm-hmm. to like the learning piece. Mine is a fear of not doing enough. Um, mm. Like not, not, I, I feel like, especially with social media, I mean, social media is just so easy to come back to because it's such a trigger for everyone, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a great example that carries through all of these. It really is. It really, really is. It tests like all of your everything, every shadow, mm-hmm. you know? Um but yeah, I noticed that like sometimes when I'm on social media, especially as my account grows, like I I feel this pressure to perform and I feel mm-hmm. this pressure to like constantly make content even when I'm not feeling good. And so yeah. that's something that I've had to sit with and be with and to like not abandon myself in those times when you know, my brain is like, you have to make a post and it has to be amazing and it has to be X, Y, and Z or else your entire following is going to unfriend you tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) And your livelihood's on the drain and you're going to move out of your apartment. And you're (laughs) going to lose everything and you're going to end up on the street. Like our egos are so dramatic. No one likes you. I know. Like seriously, our egos are just... God, we're so terrible to ourselves. Oh my God. So yeah, being able to kind of um, like notice when that's happening. And then mm-hmm. if I'm really not feeling like I am up to writing like a, a really long post, like not forcing myself or the way that I've kind of um, been able to kind of help myself with this is that that's one reason why I've been posting a lot of memes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll post one meme every week. Um, yeah. And it's because that way, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I'm doing that. It helps me to not take my work so seriously yeah. and myself yeah. so seriously because I have Saturn conjunct my rising and yeah. I have five planets in Capricorn. Like I take <laughs> myself so seriously. Sleep is not important. <laughs> Sleep is not important. Like I will work until I drop and I yeah. need to like not... And I've been working on that. So yeah, not the fear of not doing enough mm-hmm. um, definitely puts me in a place where I'm overdoing, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, I, I can relate to that. And I think it's like, like this creativity on demand, you know, like we're just like creativity mills. We're supposed to just be like constantly performing in that way and like putting things out there and um, relating it to social media because, you know, a, a lot of us, our business is ran there. That's our marketing avenue. That's how we get clients. Like, it is a fear. Like if you shut off, the client flow is going to shut off. You know, if you Mm -hmm. don't post or if you don't engage, they're not going to engage, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and it is, it's detrimental because it does result in burnout, you know, and it does result in feeling just like, I don't want to do anything. Like I don't, and that, that almost throws you off track longer. You know, it's like, if you don't take the break, the universe will force you to take the break. And what's that look like? You know? Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. And it almost like it also I've noticed like when I get into this like fear space of like I have to perform, I notice that it also stifles my natural creativity and my natural like soul that wants to shine through my posts, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm I'm trying to control my process from just mm-hmm. like fear of like practical things with my business if I don't perform a certain way. And so I've really kind of had to like challenge myself in that. And um, I've listened to some business coaches who prioritize um it's like a like feminine led uh business, you know, where it's mm-hmm. like a the female archetype of being able to um 
run business through connection with others, through receptivity, allowing yourself to rest, listening to your body. And so yeah. again, it's like, it's, it's difficult because we're not just coming up against our own shadow, but it's a collective shadow around the society that we live in around capitalism and keeping right. the machine going and this very masculine way of living in, of working, which is right. like, I mean, women, they go through their cycles. We have our bodies go through cycles where like physically we can't produce as much as you know, we could maybe two weeks ago, you know, and there's no avenue for us to honor that. And I think right now people are really starting to pave that, but it does take the conscious awareness to stop and be like, okay, I'm at a point in my cycle right now where I can't produce. I'm going to Mm -hmm. honor my body, even though it feels really edgy and it feels like I'm like, yeah, I'm meeting my fears in this, you know, I'm actually doing that today. So (laughs) (laughs) perfect timing. I'm literally doing that today where I'm just like, oh my God, today I cannot. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, I, I feel this and I, I feel like also seasonally right now, we're all just kind of like, you know, at least I am. Um, But yeah, I feel like I feel like so many of us, especially as women, because I feel like we have a lot more of the responsibility and I shouldn't say a lot more of that, but you know, the expectation of like being the mother, taking care of the children and also now having a full-time job and also like contributing to the household finances and, you know, all these feministic topics, but we put that pressure on ourselves and society puts that pressure on us. And we feel like, okay, we can't ever stop. Like, what would it be like if I took a nap, you know, like, what would that, what would that do for me? And like, but what, what would get undone? Like what would fall apart if I didn't show up one Mm -hmm. day, you know? And I really love living in sync with the wheel of the year for this reason, because I, I really lean into winter and hermiting. And again, I'm a a cancer. So I just, I, I could just live in my living room for the rest of my life. And if people visit me, great, you know, (laughs) but (laughs) I'm good right there. Um, And I feel like it's such a healthy time in the season when it forces us to, but we don't have those micro seasons throughout our day or our week that force us to kind of do that, you know, Mm -hmm. even the weekends, like, which should be a time of rest as, you know, as a society, we're like, okay, now I've got to run all my to-do list chores. I've got to get out and make the best of my day because I only get two of them. You know, it's like spending a Saturday doing nothing and turning off your phone or your um, computer would just be like, oh my God, all hell would break loose. Totally. And even in what you said, <laughs> like when I say like feminine, I don't necessarily mean like sex or gender, but more so right. archetypally feminine. And even like what you said with being able to follow the pagan wheel of the year, like I see that as very feminine. It's being attuned mm-hmm. to cycles and seasons, whereas right. that masculine way of approaching business is such more, so much more linear. Whereas like the archetypal feminine is much more in tune with nature and the flow and the ups and the downs and, and all of that. And so, yeah, I love Mm -hmm. that you do that. I love, I love that. It's like, just what a way to like honor your body and our ancestors and, um, the gods and goddesses. Like, I love it so much. Yeah. No, that's actually what, um, I think our next episode, I'm going to talk, speak on that because we're leaning into, you know, into, this late December and the solstice and kind of like how to retreat without losing your momentum, because you don't have to come to a screeching halt. There's other ways to take a break and still move forward, you know? So yeah, that's off topic, but I, the fear of showing up or not showing up enough is I think so real. And I think so many people probably resonate with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it holds us back because then like, you know, we'll overdo and we'll create this kind of like burnout situation, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally a culprit of that, but I've been getting better. Been getting better. <laughs> I will say that. Pat on the back wrist, but definitely a culprit. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So my third. Was that your third? That was yes, your third. That was my third. Okay. Last one. So this one's a big one for me. And I've um this one I actually didn't realize that I was doing until I would say this last year. Um, and people have been pointing it out to me, but I know I've always hated confrontation, right? I like, I, and I always just be like, oh, I'm a cancer. And I always make jokes like I'm a terrible Leo because or Leo rising, because I just hate like confrontation at all. Um, but what I am learning about myself is that I have this fear of confrontation that is turning into not setting boundaries and not standing up for myself. 
you know, and my husband will disagree though. <laughs> He'll be like, what do you mean, Shelby? You're always telling me, but, um, you know, with like other people and, and, and friends or like, or not coworkers because I work by myself, but you know, just people in my life, I have, I feel like I let certain people run over me and I, and in the moment I feel like that really hurt my feelings or, you know, I know that was wrong. You shouldn't have said that to me, or you shouldn't have made that comment, but I never say anything. And, you know, other people around later will be like, Shelby, why did you let that happen? Or why don't you say something, you know? And I'm just like, I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> I just am so like go with the flow <laughs> cancer that I just don't like, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt anybody else's feelings, even if they were kind of cruel to me, you know? And it's just like, I'm realizing it lately. Like, wow, I'm just, I'm just letting people like railroad me, you know? I think so many people are going to relate to that. Like your listeners, like, oh my gosh. It's also very Libra moon. Yes. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Of wanting. Keeping the balance and the harmony. Keeping the balance and the harmony. And yeah, that's another thing too, is like when you're up against like your astrological nature as well, Mm -hmm. it's like, ooh, you know, you almost have to like step into like the higher octave of that archetype and it's challenging. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really hard. Boundaries is, I feel like that's a topic that so many people struggle with. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. And I think about it like, and going back to the mother archetype or, you know, cancer, um, you know, she'll protect her children, protect anybody she loves fiercely, you know, Mm -hmm. but when it comes to ourselves, sometimes it's like, that's okay. You, you know, and, and I, I justify it by going, well, I know it that's not true just because somebody says something about me doesn't make it true. Or, you know, and it's like, that's that, I know that that is reflection of them. I know they're projecting, like I'm, I'm intelligent enough to know all of these things. So I don't feel the need to say anything. But when it's this past year, there's been a few situations where people I trust and value have said to me, like, are you okay? Because it seems like you've got like this person in your life or that person in your life who's like kind of nagging you all the time and publicly putting you down or like, you know, making snide comments in groups. And they're like, I never, you know, you never say anything. And so, yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of been an eye opening thing for me to realize. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's really setting the boundaries, you know, and and sticking to them and finding a way to defend them that feels comfortable. And I think that's the key. Yeah. Well, it also kind of reminds me of like, you not only have this Libra moon, but you almost have like the opposite energy going on with Mars conjunct Mercury. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like you're sitting with these like duality energies that must be really difficult to kind of hold and to master, you know? Yeah. And I think that manifests in like the joke I made about my husband. Like I have no problem fighting with him and arguing with him because when I'm comfortable with someone and I know that I'm not going to, you know, hurt their feelings, like even if I do, I could make up for it, but it's my husband, you know, so I could tell him straight, like I could, I could lean into that Mars Mercury conjunction, just be like, look, babe, like this is what you said. And this is what bothers me, you know, but when it's somebody else, it's like, I just don't want them to think I'm mean. I don't want them to think that I, you know, I don't like them because I do. I love them. I just don't really want them to speak to me that way. And, you know, Mm -hmm. and so I just get like to where it's like analysis paralysis. I just don't do anything at all. You know, Mm -hmm. I just say it's fine. And by, by way of doing that, I'm giving permission, you Mm -hmm. know, that it's okay. Yeah, totally. I really, I really love your awareness around that though. I'm curious, like, um, what have you sort of been doing to, um, meet that, fear um i'd say nothing (laughs) (laughs) so far nothing (laughs) so i've made really great progress um no i think really becoming aware of it is kind of like the biggest step that i've made and you know like it, it going back to relating it online like if somebody says something to you in the social media world you know you could just unfriend them you could block them you're just like whatever you know mm-hmm. and you don't have to address it you don't cuz i'm very big on like if you don't like what somebody's saying just if it's if it's not like hurtful to anybody around you you know you don't have to disagree with everybody you have to verbally disagree with everybody I roll my eyes in my head a lot about things people say that I don't agree with. I'm like, all right, whatever. Not what I would say, but not what I would think. But I don't feel the need to express it, you know? And then, but by, but but on social media or online, we don't have to do that. But in person, when we don't do that, you know, it's again, permission. And Mm -hmm. so it's just like, 
Yeah, I guess I'm trying to find like the way to enforce these boundaries without hurting somebody else, which mm-hmm. is is weird, you know, because it shouldn't be hurtful to tell someone like, hey, that really is not okay with me. You, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying anything mean. Yeah. But... And it almost comes back to like what we were talking about earlier is being able to like detach from their experience, you know, in a yeah. way that's like. I don't know, healthy, I guess, but yeah, yeah, no, it's hard. But sometimes the awareness itself can be like, can change things, you know, like even just like being aware of when it's happening and being like, oh, like that's, that even creates an avenue for you to like hold it differently, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and then it goes back to like, what is the worst thing that can happen? You know, like what's the worst outcome? And in this scenario, I'm like, maybe they never speak to me again, (laughs) you know? And then I think, well, if that's like, what your mom tell you when you're little? Like, well, then she really wasn't your friend to begin with, you know, if that's the outcome. Um, But the potential for growth, you know, is so great. The potential for a person who's making me feel that way to go like, I'm sorry, I didn't realize I was giving them the opportunity to say that, you know, and then to heal that. And for, it would be great if I felt a little bit more confident in being able to articulate that. Like, so it's just the the potential when we meet these things, these fears for growth is so huge. Mm-hmm. And really the, the worst case scenario is not even really a, a, a real fear. It's not something that I don't think we found one where we were like, oh man, we're going to, the, you know, what's the worst case scenario? We, we Everything falls apart, you know, that's really not yet. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I really feel like the, um, your darkest places are where <clears throat> your like highest potential lives. And it, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely really, um, really challenging, but I think that a lot of people will, a lot of people struggle with boundaries. I, I feel like, I, I used to struggle with boundaries a lot more. I worked really hard towards it, but I noticed that it was interesting because when I was working on them, there was a phase where I didn't have any at all. And mm-hmm. then I swung to the opposite end and I was really <laughs> rigid with them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was trying yeah. to find my voice with mm-hmm. them. And it's, it's so vulnerable. Like it's so yeah. challenging to like, to find your authentic voice within boundary setting and to be comfortable with boundary setting, you know, because it does challenge, like we said earlier, those sort of tribal fears, those fears Mm -hmm. of like needing to be in connection and relation with people, you know, and being able to like cultivate safety inside of yourself, enough safety to lay down a boundary and then to know that you're safe, like despite how they show up, it takes work, you know, like it right. takes a lot of work to do that. Oh, it totally does. Cause yeah. I don't even, I, you know, and I want to ask you like tips that you have for setting boundaries, because in my mind, I'm, I would go from this place right now where I'm just talking about it and not doing anything to like the next step would be like, hi, do you think maybe if possible, if it's okay with you, that you could please <laughs> not, like, you know, like, <laughs> if it's not too much of an inconvenience, could you, like, <laughs> could you like stop publicly humiliating me? <laughs> right. Yeah. If you could please, I mean, if you're busy, it's fine. I understand. If you, if you're, if you don't want to, that's okay too. Just, you know, like that's what I would do because <laughs> again why am I like this (laughs) so I would say like this is what I did when I was when I first and I I feel like I'm much more comfortable with them now and even now like I still even now I still struggle with them from time to time you know yeah yeah so um but I remember when I was first I feel like even just doing that is a step in the right direction though like even if it's messy and I think that (laughs) That's the beautiful process of it because you're allowing the human messiness of growth. You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be perfect. It's kind of like at least you're doing something different, you know. But also, I remember when I first started really looking at this, I was practicing with people that I was comfortable with. Mm. So um, practicing. um, First, I remember like I would say to them like, hey, this is something that I'm working on. I'm working on boundary setting. Would you be open to supporting me in this? Like, would you be open to, um, you know, cultivating safety with me to practice this with you? Because it's harder when you practice it with someone who you know is not going to be receptive. Like that just like triggers everything inside of you. 
you. Yeah. And I've tried that too. And <laughs> that did not go well. So, um, just creating like as much safe safety as you can to grow, I think, um, was, was, uh, good for me. And I, I thankfully like one of my best friends in the entire world, she's also like a therapist and a coach and mm. she was right on board with me. She was like, yes, girl, I got you. Let's do this. You know? <laughs> and so I love that. Yeah. And I practiced it, you know, I would like yeah. practice it with people that I felt safe with or like if it, and that just wasn't boundary setting. There's other things like that too, where it's like, Hey, this feels edgy and really scary to me. And I'm, t- I'm letting you know this, like, can you help? Yeah. me like can yeah. you support me if I like kind of do something really uncomfortable or say something really uncomfortable to you can you like be there with me through it I love you know? that I love that it's so honest <clears throat> and vulnerable like you said it's just like it just comes down to being human you know and and once we all show our humanity to another human most of them were like oh it's so endearing and yes like I feel that too and it's like that's I think like almost the the summary of this podcast episode is just like our fear of showing our humanity, you know, Mm -hmm. because every single one of these things is related to that. And it's like, as soon as you do, usually in that situation, it's reflected back to you. And, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting to like have that revelation now that that's kind of what, you know, what's taking place. And, and God, like we said, like, how's it hindering us, you know, just all the ways we could grow if we all were just vulnerable and honest with each other. And mm-hmm. just like you said, just said, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm working on. I really don't want to, but I have to, or I need to, or I'm uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I, I have also that. noticed that like, it helps other people. It gives other people permission to start doing the same thing. And it's almost mm-hmm. like you grow together, like with the right people. And it's just yeah. like, it's so beautiful. Like, like my best friend and I the other day, she like did something very vulnerably and honest, honestly, like opened herself to me and it inspired me to do that. And then yeah. like we we just like grow closer and closer like the and we use conflicts to like do that with each other. And mm-hmm. it's it's not easy. Like it's really, really hard. But like it like what happens after is so beautiful because it's like just this like very authentic, vulnerable, beautiful relationship that you can be safe in. And that's what people want, like deep down, like Mm -hmm. everybody wants that, you know, it's, but the courage to actually like cultivate that it's hard. Like it's really hard to be vulnerable in the moment. Well, and also when you meet a fear like that and you can set it down, it gives you the strength to pick up another because we're never going to not have any. We're never going to, you know, if you're on this path of life and you're carrying these rocks in your bag that are fears, like you've got to let go of some so that when you meet another, you can pick it up and you've got room to go, okay, well, now I'm going to deal with this one, you know, because that's really what it is. And as long as our bag's full, it's like we're never picking up more and we're never addressing ones that have been sitting there for a long time, you know, that we, that we need to address. And so it's just kind of working through the pile and Mm -hmm. totally. And to get super meta, all Mm. of it is one rock (laughs) 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 to get super like meta and like, you know, whatever. But like, yeah, it's weird that when you start picking up rocks, you're just like, Oh my God, all the rocks are connected. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wait a second. It's a puzzle. This one fits right with this one. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like this beer matches with this one and this one's from the same source. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. So now that we have, made it to where I want to go and cry. <laughs> Same. I'm going to go in a corner. Let's end on a just... positive note. Um, <laughs> what I want to talk about your new community. Um, I've mentioned my community on here last episode, 10 Thoughts Rising. Riss and I actually both started communities around the same time, and they're very different with a little bit of overlap, I think, in um, some topics. But um, yeah, I want to. I want you to share, if you're comfortable with our listeners, what you're offering over there. And Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's yeah. been really cool for everyone listening. Shelby and I have launched this at the same time and have been kind of pioneering it together, and it's been <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, so I recently um, established a my Cycles and Seasons membership. So it's like an online coven where we move with the astrological seasons, um, especially the quarter moons, the full moons, and the new moons in order to uh, set intentions, in order to create visions for ourselves. And then we do the shadow work in the group, like group um, 
shadow work in order to step into the people that we really, really want to be and achieve our goals. And it's such a beautiful space. Like we push each other to step outside of each other's comfort zones. And um, the people in there are just so supportive and so encouraging. And everybody's going through a similar process, but um, they're each kind of sharing their own story and how they're sort of pushing up against their own fears. And it's anyway, it's a, it's a beautiful yeah. space and we do tons of magic. Um, so last new moon, we did sigil, uh, writing on candles and set intentions mm. that way with a meditation. Um, we do, we do all kinds of like magical things in there. Um, and it's a, it's a really beautiful community space. So, um, it's a monthly membership and, um, yeah, it's been a beautiful, beautiful unfolding so far. It sounds like it. I love the idea of these communities as being a safe space, you know, because as we just we spent an hour talking about with social media, it doesn't feel safe all the time. You know, it is shadow work being online. And so this is the opposite of that. It's almost like being in a safe space in a smaller group setting where you can interact and be with people who are like minded um, versus just the everybody in the ethers. You know, it's it, I love that you're cultivating like a safety there and that they're getting access to shadow work coaching on such a, a bite-sized tangible way, you know, just with these little, the meetings you're doing and the posts and that, I think that's great. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. It seems to be a good kind of gateway for people who want to dip their toes into shadow work. So Mm -hmm. it's been, it's been really lovely. So I'm excited for it to grow and yeah. 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 Me too. Well, thank you, Riz, for being here and for sharing in this very vulnerable conversation. I appreciate your perspective so much and your willingness to share. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Nervous laugh (laughs) for this podcast (laughs) episode. It was amazing to record. I think this is going to be an awesome one. So thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, you can find Riss on her Instagram at all my ancestors and on her website, marissacottrell.com. And that's spelt M-A-R-I-S-A-C-O-T-T-R-I-L-L. Um, I'll also put that in the show notes. And that's where she offers astrology readings, shadow work coaching, and her online coven membership called Cycles and Seasons. There, her community works with the celestial cycles to create new visions and do the shadow work necessary to materialize their dreams. On the next episode, I'll be discussing winter mythology, how to embrace the darker months while staying on path, and what it really means to retreat. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggestions, I would love to hear them. The podcast email is hello at themooningcarolina.com. Until then, I'm Shelby Bundy, and I thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about my upcoming courses and offerings in coaching, consulting, or astrology, visit my website, themooningcarolina.com. You can also find me on Instagram at themooningcarolina. 